The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Today. This is still cool to be in the podcast studio here it is. together. We're st- and, I'm still and, marveling at this fact. Yes. Well, it, you wouldn't think we'd get this excited about sitting across <laughs> a table from one another because so we've done that quite a bit. But it is interesting. <laughs> you and I have even talked about the fact that just as, as easy going as we could make this on the phone, just yeah, the ability yeah. to see each other has actually sped our interaction up again because mm-hmm. it's all that nonverbal stuff that happens, <laughs> which is really cool. Which I enjoy. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. Welcome back to the podcast. We're excited. We're tweaking levels as we're going here. We're mm-hmm. tweaking volumes. Lots this of is, learning is still happening in the studio. Great. We're still refining stuff. There's still a little bit of echoing going on that I want to solve because, yeah, of course, I'm a is. geek. But, there you know. is. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Well, uh, we're podcasting, guys. We've got a lot of fun stuff. I love your questions here when you write to us for your own debate everyday driver tv at gmail or on the website i love that you're writing in because we've got a couple of guys that have written some interesting stories Mm -hmm. and i always uh, am saying now it's it's a lot about the human interest part of what we talk about it's the story part it's the storyline it it almost it it matters what cars you and i recommend but it almost is about 50 percent you know the story of the folks writing Mm -hmm. in versus Mm -hmm. the cars we recommend it's almost equal weight now to me. Well, the, the joke like. the joke still happens. I mean, there are certain certain cars. You say, "I have twenty five thousand dollars. I want a, I want a four door all wheel drive fun car." We're going to say WRX. Thank you for writing in. <laughs> yeah. But if that was what you just wrote in this week, we probably won't cover it because it's been covered. I mean, there is there is this factor of of there are cars out there in every segment that are fun, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're going to get recommended. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, if, if you're listening for us to pull out the random thing, unless it's a really random story, because, you know, I, I'm waiting for the one where the, the answer is the Aztec. I, I don't know. There's, there's me throwing down a gauntlet. Can somebody recommend that? <laughs> I saw one recently on the, the local Utah equivalent of Craigslist for $3,500. And I have to, have to say for $3,500, I thought, huh. Do you mean they pay you $3,500 yeah, well, to take it true. off their hands? But is I actually thought if about? you're going to do a winter beater, what's a better winter beater car than a Pontiac Aztec? And I never saw a Verano saw them. Cabriolet. Clearly, well, yeah, true. No, that's the, that. Apparently, that's the spring <laughs> that's car the spring. in Park City. <laughs> you they, keep seeing they, these. They've come out of the woodwork <laughs> yeah, here, and I can't wait for them to go back. But I, but you know what? Seriously, when I lived in L.A., I never saw Aztecs except for like the one year they were made. Okay, right, right. When they came out, moved here. They're all like 10 years old, and yet there's many of them that just appear all winter and drive around. I keep thinking, that is actually the best winter beater, because if somebody dings that car, you go, yeah, it doesn't look any worse. <laughs> you know what? Could you match the other side? Could you actually drive around this side, and that will have a symmetrical car? <laughs> Great. Thanks. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we have had, oh, man, we've got Patrick in St. Louis, mm-hmm. who has a story about Phaetons, about cheap Phaetons. And yep. Phaetons in his life. Yep, I know. Which I chose specifically, Patrick. I think you knew this would get chosen. <laughs> I have this feeling, but I'm I'm really excited here. And we've got Justin out in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. who's a father of four and desperately needing a sniper shot because <laughs> he's typing this email, rereading it, and uh-huh. reading his words that he drives an 06 Prius that he can't as his believe. daily driver. And yeah. he can't believe he's typing these words and realizing even more how much he needs a car so desperately we're we're uh, really excited to jump into these i do want to jump in up top here about uh, a little piece of news that caught my eye recently about okay. electric car sales taking off in europe thanks to renault hmm. our friends over at renault i have wondered about this and uh, a few years ago when i was in berlin i was talking mm-hmm. to some friends of mine there and 
you know, they were saying, yes, Teslas are starting to be here. You're starting to see them around a little bit more. Sure. But the reason is when you're buying a car at that price point, and I've said this before, mm -hmm. if you're getting something that doesn't go above 155 miles an hour, it's pointless to spend that kind of money. Mm -hmm. So if you're shopping this price range in this category, yeah. you might as well go get the S-Class or yeah. the 7 Series or whatever it is because it's truly a yeah. You've, you've got to beat an airplane. I in, mean, you've in, got the Autobahn. In Germany, you want to be the big dog on the Autobahn if yes. you're spending that kind of money. Yes. And Tesla, the weird chink in the armor there is that they happen to not be able to pull that off. All the things that they strange? can do, but yet they aren't fast enough for your German executive spending a hundred <laughs> plus grand. That's just, interesting. It's that? amazing it's to weird. me. But at, at that speed, mm -hmm. let's say we've yeah. got it yeah, 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 yeah. planted at 155. How fast is your charge level going down that would be interesting to know it i mean really you're would. watching yeah, yeah. that thing drop like a Absolutely, stone yeah. and worried about okay where's my next stop here whereas that doesn't happen if you've got the s-class well, v12 who cares i'm gonna, I'm gonna get gone. pieces of this wrong i'm remembering fragments of it but i think it was car and driver a couple of years ago when they did their their annual performance test okay and they they drove their long-term model s out to the track and put it around in its you know hottest setup speed and got like a lap out of it, and they were done charge wise. Seriously, it was VIR, and they just which is a long track, but yeah. it's one lap. It wasn't. It's not the Nurburgring, you know. And <laughs> so they imagine. hammered it around the track as hot as they could make it, and they got a lap out of it. So it'd be really interesting to know. I mean, again, that's not what the car's made for. But you're bringing up a great point about the fact that that makes them a hard sell in Germany, whereas they're the perfect sell in Norway or Los Angeles or yeah. San Francisco. They're perfect because how are you using it? You don't need any of that kind of speed. You don't need that. It doesn't have to get around a racetrack. It needs to creep, creep, creep through traffic. <laughs> and now with autopilot, you can creep and not even worry about it. And really look at your phone at this point. Yeah, frightening. Huh? Really be serious about looking at your phone. Well, part of the point here is that is one element of electric car ownership in mm. Germany. The other here is, you know, a city car. And that's what they're really talking about here in the news article is, yeah, you know, the smaller electric cars, but it's just now being democratized to where everybody can afford them and the range anxiety is going away. Well, BMW had the i3. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a, a few out there and yeah. they're coming down in price, but... I still think we're at the cusp of this, you know, everybody will buy the small city electric thing. You had the Renault Twizy in Monaco. I did. That was, that's a not useful car. It's, imagine, for that's those of you that don't know what a Twizy is, imagine <laughs> just the cockpit of an F-16 or an F-15. Just the cockpit <laughs> that has wheels on all four corners. That's pretty much what this car is. It's a good is. analogy. And honestly... In the same trip to Monaco, this is a couple of years ago now. My wife and I were there very briefly, shocked at how much everything cost on the off-season. But anyway, but it was fun. So we drove <laughs> yeah, the exactly. Twizy around for one afternoon and for like a couple hours. And the day before, I had seen a McLaren P1. Oh. Okay? Million-plus-dollar car inching its way through Monaco. And while I was impressed that the owner actually thought to do that, once I drove the Twizy, I went, no, 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 this is the perfect car for Monaco. As much as I'm impressed that you showed off in your McLaren P1, Which, yeah, you're insane. the place to go. The Twizy is essentially just, it's it's like a scooter with a with a cage around you, and it was perfect <laughs> for the tiny streets of Monaco. And then to, to, we actually did 
it's actually one of the extras on our pilgrimage film disc. We did, as close as we could, the F1 circuit in the Twizy. Just so cool. I'm glad you did that. It was it, Even the, at low speeds, who cares? It was the number one reason to rent the Twizy. My <laughs> wife thought it was even more insane. She's like, you want to drive in that and you want to do what? You want to do the racetrack. want to do what now? At 20? I said, yes, at 15. I don't care. We, at one point, you we still had clipping a, corners? We hit at one curves? point, we had a cyclist woman who was ahead of us and we couldn't <laughs> pass her because of traffic. That was, that was really disconcerting. But oh doing gosh. it in the Twizy, I just kept thinking... They're going how fast through here in F one? Yeah, it was it it's was even amazing. more shocking. You, if if you find yourself in Monaco, figure out some vehicle to drive, and, and other than a bicycle, even if it's a Twizy, some vehicle to try to drive as much of the track as possible, and think about the speeds they're doing in F one. You'll have a totally different perspective. I mean, you and I've driven Spa, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and I can as 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 much as we are not those drivers, I can imagine an F one driver doing Spa. Gosh, but. A twizzy around Monaco, and I went. I'm sorry, I don't know how they are. Aren't all dead? Yeah, yeah. Because you pop out into the sunlight at the end of the tunnel, which in itself is part of the challenge, mm-hmm. because your eyes are adjusting to the dark at you know 160 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. You pop out bright sunlight, and suddenly you're hard on the brakes, and you know yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's it's such a demanding track. Well, I am going to tie this into a question to start off with here from CJ DeGrosa on Instagram. All right. Thank you so much for writing. He's asking, is there a market, is there still a market for sport trucks, i.e. the GMC Cyclone, the Ford Lightning, Dakota RT? Do we see a comeback? Hmm. And hopefully you see the thread here of where I'm going. Okay. Because if it were to come back, I've talked about electric pickups. We did on the last podcast. We're talking about commercial vehicles as an electric truck. But how about electric sport trucks because all right mm. if we're not there to mm. the towing capacity and the cargo capacity there yet why not bring that back because apparently you're still thinking there is a market for the sport trucks there was in the you know in the heyday when those yeah, trucks were for in sale the, in the 90s yeah think of these sport trucks as now electric all-wheel drive most of the chassis carries batteries and they don't have <laughs> to carry anything or yeah. tow any loads or anything like that. They're just the sport trucks. I wonder if there's a market for that, but maybe not. But maybe if they're electric, then this is That is an interesting twist. You know what it makes me wonder, though? With all of the five-seat CUVs worried about... small, mid-size. With all of those worried about trying to have car or in the the world of like the Macan and the GLA, sports car handling in an SUV shape. And mm. what are they also? Well, they're supposed to be luxurious. Yeah. Do all of those triggers, if you will, point toward that sports pickup idea being a successful idea? If that was a really mm. nice pickup cab and it had a sports car handling, aren't we kind of making a better El Camino here? <laughs> but but I, and I and I am electric not... El Camino. The L the EL stands the, for something oh, now. Oh no! You've hit on it. You're right. I You've accidentally walked into that. That was a room full of rakes for me. That was, yeah. What's in here? <laughs> well done. You've done it. An electric El Camino or the Holdens, the ones in the, the Utes in Australia. Uh, yeah. What did that, what's that called? I forget what that's called, but yeah. It's not the, the Commodore. Maloo. It's the Maloo. The, the, the Maloo. Maloo. You're yeah. right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what about those as electric, some cargo, Yeah. yeah. but the kind of cargo you would use for an El Camino? Mm-hmm. I, what? My mind is exploding here. Yeah. What if? And what if that were the new sport trucks? Hmm, hmm. Interesting. Okay. I see huh. where you're going. Okay. Well, um, to be to be explored here, I, I'm very intrigued by that. 
we're, we'll get to more questions here. I uh, I kind of like mixing it up a little bit, but uh, I say let's just jump right into to Patrick's debate here. Definitely, yeah. It's out in St. Louis, Missouri. And thanks for writing, Patrick. I, I do think you knew that uh, <laughs> we, we were going to get into this because a yeah. lot of this here is uh, – well, it's about the Phaeton. Mm -hmm. Todd mm -hmm. has a proclivity for the Phaeton. I do. He's made the T-shirt, and know. we've seen I, it around. I wear the T-shirt. Yes, there we've are a few people other that have people them. Have yes. it around. We, thank you to all of you that have bought the "Ask Me About Cheap Phaeton" shirts. It's it's one it's one of those shirts where you kind of have to lean into the person. And go, what does your shirt say? So it is a conversation <laughs> no, starter now? if you wear it in the right place. But it's also one of those shirts that people are going to ignore if they don't get it. But uh, I, I have heard I have heard of conversation starting as a result of that shirt. And so I would still love to have a cheap Phaeton and talk about it on the show. Patrick has a good friend that bought one. He actually bought one. Here we go. So he knew what he was getting into. Patrick describes the entire experience. He even had the purchase price, the $5,000 for a 2004 V8. And he had that amount of money set aside for maintenance. So get this. This is a twist that I don't know that any of us thought of. I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah. Once I describe this, he's having problems getting maintenance done. Yeah, I'm not actually too surprised. So, therefore, you'd think the only people doing the maintenance are the VW dealers, but he's actually having trouble getting the dealers to agree to work on the car. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're in St. Louis, big city, yeah. plenty of options. Yeah. And so the only place that is willing to work on it begrudgingly is the Bentley dealer <laughs> who of course charges Bentley kinds of pricing and to work some, on a $5,000 car. And there's some shared technology there, which right. is probably why the Bentley guys are doing it. And that also comes down to, I'm sure about the fact that Bentley probably has some sort of clause as a dealer where they'll take anybody. And you the think? folks, I think so. If you're going to pay the prices, why not? I mean, they'll like, take your money. The, if the you're going to pay it, the Ferrari dealer here in Salt Lake will do maintenance on, Whatever. Will they really? They'll bring your car in. But, of course, they're charging you Ferrari of Salt Lake prices. But they're also Ooh. the only place that works on most people's Lotuses and other kinds of things. But they're a sure. Ferrari dealer. All their guys are Ferrari trained. But they'll, I, I've actually heard of people that were insane that felt like they would get best service there. So they paid Ferrari prices to get their just car worked on, which is madness, by Ooh. the way. So, but I, so I bet you the Bentley dealer is kind of like that, where they'll work on anything. They're not going <laughs> we'll to turn you away. Happy to but the Volkswagen dealer is the other end, because mm -hmm. the big thing about those cars when they came out is they trained service technicians, whole separate level of training that yeah, were only right. at certain Volkswagen dealers. And I'm pretty sure that if you're not one of those technicians, you've probably been told by somebody at Volkswagen, don't you dare touch that car. Possibly. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I suppose so, because of the training involved and the next level of Because it was a stuff. specific tech training for that huh. car. So that is the other part about this equation. If we actually go down this road, I'm going to have to dig I know this sounds insane. <laughs> I have to dig in locally and find, because like our, our local guy that you and I use as our independent Porsche mechanic right, also right. does Volkswagen. There's no, okay, there's no right. part of me that thinks he would touch a Phaeton and nobody's doing. I don't think he would. And he's a great guy and knows his stuff. But why would he have any Phaeton training? He wouldn't. So I'd be curious to just find huh. it in Salt Lake. Is there anybody that's even Phaeton trained? Because that is a real issue. It's a genuine issue with this <laughs> it car. It is. So now. Like I said, ask me about cheap Phaetons. I mean, it snowballs. And it's wide now because now <laughs> his friend's repair budget is gone. And, and the car has undeterminable electrical issues that cause it to not start randomly. Yeah. Getting it diagnosed now takes a small fortune, and until his friend quits 
teaching and gets his fate and repair certification. Which, yeah, he might start a, he an extra actually business. actually could yeah. make more money, at least if Probably. he's a school teacher and he's got his summers available. Hey, <laughs> is your Phaeton need service? It was fifth graders all year at its Phaetons all summer. That's <laughs> really so. what we're doing. Is Friday. that a new t-shirt? All right. Probably, yeah. So what he's asking for is because of his story here, he has moved up in the world. He's been promoted to an executive position at his company. Mm-hmm. And this promotion has coincided with his desire for a new car, which mm-hmm. is great. So he's got a small commute here, 25 miles round trip. He's been driving a 2013 Honda CRV, mm-hmm. and he's saying, well, you know, it's decent, but plasticky, hard seats. He'd rather have a sedan than the CUVs. Yeah. We've talked a lot about yeah. CUVs, and they're we great have. for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Apparently not for Patrick, which is fine. But but the, t- the tough part here is that Patrick really is realizing what I'd like to have is a Phaeton. I want a sleeper luxury car. Right. But my right. buddy has had such a difficult time with his Phaeton, getting it serviced, if nothing Just else. Just getting it serviced. We can buy them all yeah, day long. Exactly. Anybody can buy them. Yeah, exactly. And also, the O4s are supposed to be plagued with the most gremlins, unfortunately. But uh, so that's the problem. He's going, I could go cheap Phaeton. My budget accounts for that. I would love to because it is a sleeper luxury car. Right. He needs the sleeper luxury car, but mm. he can't handle the Phaeton, doesn't really want to go German. The other twist here is the fact that he works at a company where the um, the president of the company <laughs> drives an 07 Honda Accord. So Not we have, a car guy. We, so we have that problem that's come up before on the podcast where yeah. you yeah. work at a company and you're a car guy, and you got a promotion that is a well-deserved promotion, and you now have money where, as we've joked before, everybody has the hole you put your money into. Yeah. If you're a right. car person, it's your car. But if you roll up to your business in the nicest car in the parking lot and you're mid-pack executive, what does that say? Should you worry about right. it? Patrick's right. worried because the president of the company drives <laughs> a beat-down Honda Accord. So he's saying, guys, I want luxury, but it can't be flashy. So he's taken all the German marks right off the board. Right. BMW, right. Porsche, Mercedes isn't going to happen. What can he get that is the Phaeton sleeper-style luxury car? <laughs> or as Patrick puts it differently here, what's the nicest car he can buy with the worst badge? <laughs> Great way of putting this. It is this. very good, yes. All right, so as you said, the Germans are out. He thinks the Japanese luxury brands might be okay, but not his first choice. Has not gone down the road of driving anything yet, but definitely wants the four-door sedan because he's got two kids. He picks them up from daycare every day. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's jump in here. We've got 30000 to work with yeah. that might get bumped, Patrick, just saying. It might Uh-oh. get yeah, no one's pushed on but yeah. slightly. Uh, <laughs> I Yeah. Not driving a better car than your boss. That's that's such a... Because you want to. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd yeah. be curious, Patrick, as to what your boss puts his money into. Maybe it's travel. Maybe That's a great question. I mean, travel is very legitimate. I mean... It's a great question. I, yeah. You know, that's a lot of times yeah. when people aren't into material stuff or car stuff or whatever. It's Sometimes it's just experiences, which is great. We just happen to like cars. Well, but, you know, here's my other twist. And, and look, I realize that I'm actually kind of recommending you you uh, have this conversation. You may not want to. But what are the other cars in the parking lot where you work? My question is this. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else in the parking lot that you know costs more than thirty grand? Because if you roll up in a BMW or a Mercedes that costs you less than thirty grand, it might suggest you're a baller. But if right. so-and-so in the parking right. lot has a $50,000 pickup, 
you do have the ability well, to say yeah. to them, yeah, my <laughs> monthly payment is less than yours. You may think I'm a snob, but my Porsche Cayman cost me 30 grand. I'm not, Porsche Cayman doesn't work for you, but I'm just using it as the obvious target car. Right, you, right. you could get one at 30 grand, you could pull into the parking lot, people would be like, oh my gosh, Patrick bought a Porsche. But if you park it next to the guy with the $50,000 like pickup. The King Ranch edition, what, anything. You don't, have to, you don't have to try hard anymore yeah, with the pickup. Yeah. Or somebody in the parking lot, who, who in the parking lot drives a loaded Chevy Tahoe? Somebody does. Those are 60 to 70. Exactly my point. So if you, you just park don't it next that. to that, the perception is not the reality in that equation. I realize that could be an awkward situation. I'm not suggesting that you do that. But that's the conversation that I kind of like. I, 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 I know I'm weird, but I do like that conversation because people go, wait a minute, how are you doing that? And right. then you go, well, you know, your car costs this and my car costs half that or two-thirds of that or no more than but yours. But then he's explaining it all the time to you everybody. Are, you are, you are. Having to justify, no, no, and that's, it looks and like. And that's the thing. But, but, but I, I think you can justify without apologizing. Yeah, you sure. You can justify sure. from, and granted, I'm just wired this way and I don't mind doing it. But you can justify <laughs> from that place of. Let me just tell you the realities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. $60,000 Tahoe is awesome. I get it. My sports car was 35. Right, right. Okay. It's and it's not a judgment. It's just you going, you looked at my car and went, that was 100 grand and I'm telling you, no, it wasn't. It looks like mm-hmm. it, certainly, mm-hmm. which is fun in its own way. But yeah, that's not where we're going, Patrick, but I but that's something I always wonder about. I always wonder about, yeah. okay, your boss drives the Accord, but what else is in that parking lot because I bet you money some other stuff in there is more than you're going to spend. Especially the trucks. No, I, I like that. That's a great point. But perception might take precedence here. I think it's a big factor in this one for sure. So I, I lean towards newer and staying you know, right around your budget here. <clears throat> right around. <laughs> I, I, I started out at the Ford Fusion Sport. Mm, okay. Sure. 2017. If you haven't looked at this car, Patrick, 2.7 liter EcoBoost engine with 325 mm-hmm. horsepower. Mm-hmm. This is more power than an 07 Cayman S. It's a bigger car, of course, heavier, but... <laughs> it's you, like the secret enthusiast car that Ford is going to can release. Can you right. Yeah. All-wheel drive. They start right around 32, 33, but that's brand new. Mm-hmm. So, okay, maybe a place to start thinking, but you're not quite there yet. And I thought of one German car at least, the Volkswagen CC. I've always liked the styling mm, of that car. Yeah, I'm yeah, not a yeah, fan yeah. of the Passat. It couldn't be boxier. It couldn't be less inspired. It checked a marketing box. Yeah. It checked, here's what we've got to do. This is bread and butter. This is our loss we, leader. Yeah. This let's, is our... Let's compete against the Accords uh, and the Camrys. Let's make a car that works for the U.S. for on. that market. You're right. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Not a beautiful line on that car, I'd say. I'm just not a fan. But the CC but the is CC, the opposite. You're, you're very right. And the CC, in many ways, is the Phaeton's little sister. That's kind of why I thought that's, of that's, that's kind, a great. That's kind of where I was going. going there. I think that's genius. I like that a lot. They're they're luxurious. You'd have to go back probably to a 2015 maybe, but okay. Get yourself a deal. Get mm-hmm. one with 30,000 miles on it. Yeah. For right about that price, thirty k, and beautiful car, beautiful mm-hmm. looking. Mm-hmm. So then I went to, uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'll just go right to it. Uh-oh. I did it. I looked at Kia. I did. Check, please. No one's surprised. I was End looking at podcast. Hyundai initially okay, because I good. thought yeah. this is the sweet spot of what he's asking for. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. buy a Hyundai or a Kia, nobody's going to question you twice, Patrick. Everybody's going to think you just you're bought right. smart. You're, you're, just, right. bu- yeah, you're yeah. just sensible. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mm-hmm. You know, Congratulations on the promotion. You're just a sensible guy, and you got a brand yeah. new car, and yeah. you have a family. And Okay, great. Did you know that the 2017 LX is the only Optima that comes with a seven-speed dual-clutch transmission. 
Hmm. Kia, everyone, okay. yeah. makes yeah, yeah. dual-clutch transmissions. It's a seven-speed. Now, it only has the 1.6-liter turbo, so it's limited to 178 horsepower. But okay, it's got a dual-clutch transmission. The point is, they're not <laughs> Nissan, and they're not the Honda Accords that yeah. are putting CVTs in their high-end models. Okay. Because okay. I went looking, and I thought, come on. As enthusiasts, especially the Maxima, which, when it came out, billed itself as the four-door sports car and was always the go-to mm -hmm. sports sedan. Originally, yeah. Originally. Now has a CVT yeah. and couldn't and be more yeah. off the yeah. list. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, come on. Now Kia is doing dual clutch. Even more reasons to love Kia, everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dual clutch transmissions. <laughs> Unfortunately, the SX. Because you needed more reasons. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> the SX, with more power and more stuff, doesn't have that. It's got... You know, well over 200 horsepower at this point, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. okay. So the Optima, I, I think it could be interesting and they've got a lot of power and could be fun. These are where the places that I'm starting, but I want to hear what you're thinking too. Well, I, I went two ways with this. First off, I followed the rabbit trail of, okay, let's get you into something that is nicer than people expect for your money. Yeah. So I picked two cars under that banner okay. and then I picked two cars under the banner of, it's nice, but not amazing, but more fun than people will expect. Good. Fun so is good. Both of those categories. Okay. They're all four-door sedans. Here we go. Acura TL. Use good. Acura TL. Good. Those cars, it's, it's, it is your boss's Honda Accord done better. Okay? It's just going to run. Yeah. yeah. Nice materials, great cars. They don't hold their value very well. They're overlooked all the time anyway. They have surprisingly good dynamics. That uh, super handling all-wheel drive is excellent. Yeah, yeah. So now you may have to avoid the beak styling. I saw somebody this past week who had a black one. <laughs> Rhinoplasty. Seriously, who had a black one, and they had black-wrapped the beak. Oh, that probably made Very it similar to the, to the color of the, the actual car paint. They sure. black-wrapped oh, the yeah. beak, and they'd left the Acura symbol in chrome. Only the Acura symbol. Okay. And I have to say it looked awesome. I that actually works. turned my head and went, "What is that looks, that's awesome, as he went by. That, mm. I was very impressed. Mm. So you may get end up with the beak styling. I don't love that, but that car is overlooked. It would be great. You could find a used one for your budget all day long. The Also in the nicer-than-you-expected category, not as dynamic, but nicer-than-you-expect, Volvo S60. Yeah, yeah. I mean, great All day seats. Long. You, you've All talked day about long how price. it's the plasticky nature of that uh, that CRV that, that's really annoying you. The Volvo's the other end. Get yourself a few years yeah. old. What was a loaded out S6? It would have been more than your budget originally, but get one that's a few years old. Get the S60 and just enjoy that car. That'll be a very nice place to be. And no one is going to go. We're paying him too much because you pulled in in a Volvo. Yeah, it's nobody a, equates it's a that. Volvo. I, I, but the interior materials the are awesome. very luxurious, yep. Yep. very nice. I like that. So those were my two. Let's chase interior, and then two as far as um, as far as driving dynamics are concerned, and kind of a little bit more flashy in the styling department. One is uh, Infiniti Q50. Now it was the G37 sedan. Now okay. it's the Q50 because okay. of course they've changed their whole nomenclature to a different language. Nobody knows. I'm trying <laughs> hard to learn an Infiniti. There are letters that don't I'm, exist in I'm, the. I'm dedicating alphabet. myself. So <laughs> Infiniti Q50 is the current one. Now the new one started a little over thirty grand. The new ones. So my question is, go back a couple years. Something off lease. You're thinking just a couple years back. That's a nice car. Now, I don't love Infiniti's electric uh, steering. Their, their drive-by-wire steering isn't my favorite. Disconnected from reality steering? It is. It's absolutely. This yeah. steering is not connected to anything at all. <laughs> no. Car's turning. Not your hands. That's kind of cool. Not your brain. But whatever. Yeah. It's not thinking but where you're going. 
But I, I actually think those cars, the more I see them on the road, the more I like them. Hmm. Actually, in the metal, they're good-looking cars yeah. on the road. Yeah. And nice interior, good. I don't think that's a judgment car. My last one is a bit of a wild card because it's older. Okay. But what about the old uh, Legacy Spec B? Oh. Now, that is a genuinely fun car. Now, you've gone back a little bit. It's not going to be as nice as these oh. others because it's going to be older. But you could go manual. And that is an STI in grown-up person's clothing. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> is. True. And I would drive the STI all day it. long. But, but, yes. the, but the, the Legacy Spec B is a hidden STI. Now, you're going to yeah. have a, a hood scoop, so people are going to be like, what'd you buy there? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. There's but, power under there, but everybody. You could, <laughs> but, but that's the thing, though. You could do all the tuning patterns of, an, of a Subaru WRX STI. You could do whatever you want to with a car. You could make it yeah. a rock star under the hood if you wanted. Mm-hmm. Dynamically could be great. We did a review of a few years back. It was an awesome car. Nice interior. But, of course, it's going to be the better part of a 10-year-old car. So it's not like the latest and greatest. But yeah. I think it's going to beat your Honda. So that's my wild card. That's my list. Okay. Well, this is, this is going to be interesting because, uh, yeah, Patrick, you've got, um, you've got some decision-making here to do. <laughs> what else do you have? <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of where I was leaving things. I thought of the Mazda 6, the touring edition you can get with a six-speed manual transmission. Mm-hmm. And because he says in here, well, he's, he's just talking about you know something fun, and we still come back to the Mazda 6 just doesn't get enough love. True, it's true. It's a great-looking car. The fact that it's a brand-new car that you can buy with a manual transmission, and it's yeah. not a BMW, mm-hmm. this deserves accolades. Yeah. Mazda, everybody. And as, and as we have said before, Mazda kills it in dynamics. Yeah. In almost yeah. every category, if they make a car in that category, it might not be the nicest, it might not be the most powerful, but it will be among the top in driving dynamics in every category that they play. And that is an impressive thing to do for a company that small. Agreed. All right, Patrick, let us know. We talk about turbocharged engines so much and how much horsepower you can extract. Porsche's turbocharged now. We can't avoid it. The turbos are turbo, but the whole rest of the lineup is too. Well, the turbos bring their own problems as well, like heat soak, strain on parts, strain on the engine. But the industry standard test that Amsoil's signature series uses is four times better than their competitors in protection and deposits. That test sounds boring, but they've really exceeded it. Exactly. Well, if you want to get every torque out of that turbo, go to amsoil.com and look up your car on their lookup table right there so you know exactly which product to use for your car. Well, we'll jump into the next debate here from Justin in Philadelphia, who is a 36-year-old father of four. Busy, busy man. Who is (laughs) reading his words thinking, I I drive an 06 Prius. (laughs) I'm embarrassed to Why type did I this. Just type that? Yeah. <laughs> the, did you did you read how he drives this Prius? Did you read this that? Is the best thing ever. <laughs> so he needs four doors because he's got four kids. He's got you know school and all that stuff. But he's so annoyed with the Prius at this point, he floors it everywhere he goes, and he knows he's not getting 38 miles to the gallon. But he's just trying to kill the car, and it will he's, not die. He's he's. Actually trying to injure the vehicle and get low gas mileage, and it is still spiting him in both areas. Yeah. It's, it's, get, it's still getting him better gas mileage than most cars on the road, though mid-30s for a Prius is the lowest I've ever heard. So he's getting mid-30s, and the car refuses to die. So he's, he's asking us, he's practically begging us to find him anything else that can meet his budget. His budget oh, is, uh, is lower here, so... Um, What's he dealing with? Well, he didn't really specifically call stuff out here. He used, he hates spending more than 15000 on a used yeah, car. that was the key thing. However, 
he has been on the reservation for a Tesla Model 3. Which is going to be a lot more than that. Which is a lot more than that. So I'm not exactly sure, Justin, you don't give us a real range here, but I think we've got some different things for you to think about here. Mm -hmm. All right, so his wife has the Odyssey, so that covers the family thing, but he still needs four doors. Drops them off at school, drops the kids off at school. He drove his friend's first-generation Mazda RX-7 in college and just loved it and Mm -hmm. will... Yeah. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Not surprised by that at all. Yeah. (laughs) Takes out his brother's Miata every chance that he can. But of course, that doesn't work for the daily driving thing. Thinking about Jettas, Civics, but he feels trapped in economy land. Mm -hmm. We've got to get you out of Prius land to start with. We've got to get you away from this kingdom. That is step one for sure. (laughs) All right. So So you're thinking Corolla, right? Exactly. And we're done. There we go. Thank you. Solved. So he's considered the Accord Sport. Acura ILX Mm -hmm. GTI, and as I mentioned before, he's put his reservation down, put his money down on the Tesla Model 3. Yeah. But here's the catch, though. He doesn't think he's ready to be that guy. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering why. I guess he's saying here he doesn't want the attention of the brand new car because he's never actually bought a brand new car and just feels comfortable with the reliability of the Hondas. And mentions anything with a turbo just feels like a thing you're going to have to fix later on down the road. But no, that's a Phaeton, fun. Justin. <laughs> anything, anything with a Phaeton badge. With a Phaeton badge. You're going to have to fix. Yeah. yeah. So he, he keeps cars a long time as well. So he's thinking, when I buy a car, he's always thinking about keeping it 10 years, mm-hmm. a decade. Or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, if he buys a five-year-old car, he's thinking, I'm going to keep this for the next 10 years. Yeah. Because he gives us a story here. He replaced a hybrid cell, a bad cell, in the Prius last year. For forty bucks, mm-hmm. did it himself mm-hmm. instead of the dealer charging him thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Justin. Do you wear, way to go. Do you ground yourself somehow when you do that? <laughs> Are you wearing rubber shoes? <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm joking, but I'm also kind of asking. I'm, I'm sure I there's have, something you got to you know, wear the strap like you what, do when you're changing you, the, the memory on your computer. What do you do? I, yeah, what do you do? How do you do? You, do you put on the clean suit? How does this work? <laughs> what do you look like in your garage when you're changing out changing out hybrid parts? I just don't even understand how. <laughs> With that, the Prius, probably nothing. You're gonna have, it's probably fine. You're gonna have to write into us and explain what that looks like because I'm very confused. But uh, yeah, I actually tried to stay under the 15 grand. Oh, did? Even though I agree, I, I want to hear, hear what you're going to say because I suspect you've given him some good new options because I agree. The Model 3 puts us, let's be honest, the Model 3 is going to be $35,000 on paper only. Yes. The one everybody's yes. going to leave the dealer with is going to be forty-five to fifty. It just is because by the time, it's, it's the box-checking disease that we have for not Tesla, for every automaker. You go, well, yeah, I really would like to have that. I'd really like to have that too. And suddenly, ten grand has been added on. Yeah, it is going to be yeah. thirty-five grand on paper only because every. That's, the other thing that's about how them. Tesla's going to make their money back. But the other thing, well, they're really? going to keep making their money on the big ones. Well, and yeah. they've said publicly they're trying. I mean, Elon Musk is publicly trying to get as many Model Three uh, reservation holders into Model S's as he can, because he continues to say mm. that the Model S is the better car. The Model Three is the entry car. So, but I, everybody's going to leave the dealer with a forty-five to fifty thousand dollars Model Three. I don't think anybody's going to have a base one. It's for, not a for one reason only. For, actually, for two reasons only. Two options. You know, everybody's going to check on that car. Are they going to want ludicrous mode? They want it to be as fast as of it can course, be. Of course, of course. And they're going to want the the charging capability at the fast chargers. Right. And if they throw out ludicrous yeah. mode, they're going to want. Uh, they're going to add back what is the oh autopilot, which is also going to be extra. Those three options. Gosh. You know, write those those three options. Ludicrous mode, autopilot, and fast charging is probably going to be six grand before you blinked. So you've broken forty grand. 
I agree with you. I'm I'm with you on that. I I keep looking at your story here, Justin, and I think you are a candidate though for an electric car. Because he says here he commutes into Philadelphia two days a week for a 45 miles round trip, and the other three days out of the week he's just puttering around town where he lives in the mm, suburbs. Mm. So I'm thinking, okay, four doors. You were already interested in the Tesla Model Three, and that brings me to the Bolt. I'm sure you probably saw it coming. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure everybody saw it it coming. It stacks up that way for sure. However, I've talked about this car as Chevrolet catering to the Uber and Lyft crowd and Mm -hmm. the the ride share service drivers, which, yes, very true. I recently rode in one out of uh, John Wayne Airport in Orange County. Oh, yeah. My driver picked me up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was a Lyft Mm -hmm. driver. He picked me up in the Bolt, and I saw him pop up on the screen. I thought, really? It's yeah, that's cool. You know, cool. he didn't good. make a misspell. Good, good. It's not a Volt. It truly is a Bolt. Yeah, cool. Sure enough, he rolled up in a Bolt. And, yeah, you, you've talked about the federal tax rebates, which for the Bolt equate, uh, equate to about $7,500. So on their website, they're saying the car is really about 29000 and change. And I'll bet you they'd work with you. I bet you, Chevy, if you could think about a monthly payment. And I know that you, you – yeah, I know or that you're about, trying to keep the price down. Or think about a lease. Because it's that's that new technology. Where I'm going. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm thinking because my driver cleaned over 300 miles. Now he's puttering around flat Orange County. Okay. He said, <laughs> yeah. yo, yeah, when I go to L.A. and I have to go up a hill, my mileage goes off a cliff. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> Electric cars, not for cliffs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's genuinely getting 300 miles out of the day, which means he's working an entire mm-hmm. day doing the Lyft and Uber driving thing without any fear. Yeah, which that's means, impressive. That genuinely is. Well, yeah, which means, Justin, you can do your commute and everything without fear. And again, it comes down to the federal tax rebate, but it comes down to maybe the monthly payment for you if you can work that in. And I think just the fact of owning an electric car and owning new technology would be an exciting thing, even though you are still in economy land, but it's a different thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think mm-hmm. about your kids squealing when you take them for the ride, daddy, do it again. <laughs> when, you know, you pin the throttle and all four of them are in the car with you and you're having a bunch of fun yeah. and you can just go yeah. drive for no reason because yeah. you're not burning gas. Sure. So sure. think about just the fun you could have with a family. It could just be a, a, a family. <laughs> the family bolt. thing. Really? <laughs> the family okay. bolt. All right. So I'm thinking bolt. But Justin in here says that he's, you know, anything with a turbo feels like something to fix later on. What I just suggested for Patrick here, the Mazda 6 with a, a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. right about thirty grand for sure. the Touring Edition. Sure. Maybe you could get one just one or two years old. Yeah. It's not a turbo, still good power, manual transmission. It's a sedan. It's a good-looking one at that, just as we've discussed. Yeah, yeah. Why not look at this car again? Because, again, with the Hondas and the Nissans, CBTs. No mm-hmm. thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to point you that direction. And... I feel like you're going to want something really newer and reliable because that's also what you're talking about in here. So it's two different directions. I realize that. But I'm just wondering if you are a candidate. You had interest in the Tesla, but you didn't want the flashy, hey, I got the the new everything. Yeah. And still get all that benefit with the Bolt because I was impressed with the Bolt. It just seemed simple and it worked Mm. and it was clean and well done styling and it it just felt like you know a bit of an economy car but all electric but it but it does it does what it's supposed to very very well yeah Yeah, yeah. and we were just humming right along i didn't get any sense of 
hmm, when we drive this, when you and I finally do our review on this car that we're going to find, you know, this just doesn't work. It's a well-sorted car. For, for what and it I'm is. I'm sitting in the back for what seat. It is. I can see that. I can, that makes sense to me based on how they've attacked it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I went, I'm kind of landing on those two. Okay. Just they're different. Yeah. I, I went a different category for Justin because I did go, okay, let's just assume 15 grand's the tops. Clearly, okay, because okay. of the Model 3, you can go elsewhere. But I just took sure, that 15 sure. grand figure and went, all right, I want to find you used. Here, here were my parameters. I went, I want to find you used, and I want to get you, you've been in a Prius. I want to get mm-hmm. you a rear-wheel drive, non-turbo, four-door sedan for the family <laughs> for less than 15 grand. Anything but a Prius. But I just thought this this is the exact opposite category. Yeah, it Let's is. get you a very different driving experience out of it. So I've got a couple for you. Okay. One of the ones I thought of, you've got four kids you're moving around. <laughs> you need a big sedan. What about a yeah. Pontiac G8? Yeah, yeah. Now, for your money, you can absolutely get the V6s all day long. You might be able to find one of the V8s. Now, that is a car, what was that, 08, 09, so it's already five, six years old. Okay, seven sure. years old. The family burnout car, though, you get the V8. It is the convenient the kids family. We'll like that. And it's you know it's it's Chevy Legos under the hood, so it's you know you can, you can keep that car running. You know they don't That's make funny. them anymore, but That's it's funny. got you know it's got an LS motor and it's just it's a big Chevy. Yeah. You know, built in Australia, but uh, yes, we do have that part. I mean, it's not going to be <laughs> body panels are going to be the, that's going to be the thing. The body panels are going to be the only thing that are going to be everywhere. Everything right. else in the car is going to be like, yeah, how many of those do you need? <laughs> you know, just got a so new shipment. Big Pontiac G8 would be fun for the family. I think you would enjoy driving it, rear wheel drive, and it's actually got a good amount of space. It's a good full size sedan, so I've got that one. And then uh, thinking about the Infinity prior got me thinking about Infinity here as well. Because okay. non-turbo V6 yeah. in the Infiniti yeah. G37 sedan, you can find those. Mm-hmm. Get one of those. Those are good cars. They feel like luxurious cars. Drive that. Enjoy it. Rear-wheel drive. You know, you don't have – you avoided the, the German marks here. I mean, I want to talk, speak to the ones you brought up as well. The Acura ILX. Okay. I, I, I'm very – European Civic. Yeah, I'm very just kind of bland on that car. But the, the Accord – Accords can be taken and turned into surprisingly good dynamic vehicles. They're good from the factory. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, are. we know a guy here that really good tires and sway bars, and he could keep up with just about anybody. So in the amazing. Canyons. He's also a little nuts, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but which helps. That helps. But at the same time, I mean, this is what he did. It was tires and sway bars and just guts, essentially. So uh, that Accord would be really good. I would also say tires, because the last Accord we drove was massively let down by its tires. Yeah. But yeah. I think the Accord would be a great one. And that's the size that got me into the Infiniti as well. Uh, I think uh, GTI is fine, but maybe a little small for you, as is the ILX. Uh, so I went bigger sedan. Those are my three. Your Accord Sport you brought up, uh, Pontiac G8 and Infiniti G37 sedan. Hmm. No, I like it. I like it. Well, uh, Justin, hopefully that's helpful. I'm uh, I'm curious as to what you do end up getting and what Definitely, direction you yeah. go. The problem with this disease that we talk about, the real problem, is at some point you run out of either money or places to put your cars. Now, if you've solved yeah. the money problem, you may <laughs> still be like, well, honey, what do we park outside? And now you have a real issue with that car just getting beat on by yeah. the weather. UVs are, you know, up. Definitely a problem. They, well, you're getting all technical about it. I was just talking about just weather and sun no yeah, matter where you are. Exactly right. So if you're in California or at the beach or you have a lot of sun, absolutely Covercraft has the products for you. They've got dash mats. They've got car covers like we're talking about. All kinds of stuff. You have turned me into a believer about the sunshade. I have to admit. It keeps the car cooler. Mm-hmm. It protects your instrument panel. It protects from UV damage. All of that stuff. 
Don't forget to use the word debate when you're checking out at Covercraft.com for free shipping in the US. All right, so let's jump to the questions. Where do you want to start? We've got a lot of good ones again. We've got here. a lot of them. Actually, Cars and Comments asked a question we've never been asked. Hmm. He said, what are Tom's personal car or cars? I'm grinning over here. And this is an interesting question because I, I'm going to get it a little bit wrong because I don't remember the year. But if memory serves, he used to have a Volkswagen, was it a Polo? Was or, it a Polo? Or, or was it a Fiat? Uh, or was it the Fiat Punto? I he had a tiny little. He, he's he's chastising me right now for not knowing off the top of my head. <laughs> yes. But this was years ago. This Both was his us. car that he bought in his late teens, early twenties for no money, and proceeded to put tons of money trying to make it fast and reliable, and it was neither. Yeah. So then he jettisoned yeah. that car, and Tom, his life is structured in such a way that he actually doesn't even own a car. So on on one he is living this weird dual life because his normal life is structured <laughs> that public transit gets him everywhere he needs to go, right? And right. he doesn't need a car. And then we're still very jealous. Press loans land in Tom's lap for two weeks at a time. Yeah, and two hundred mile an hour runs on the autobahn. And and and, and he <laughs> and we sometimes struggle to get a full week. I mean, we'll shoot a car if you can give it to us for forty eight hours. We'll shoot a car, but but he gets two week loaners. There was a section for about three or four months last year where because they were two-week loaners, he went from press car to press car to press car to press car, <laughs> like four in a row. So He awesome. had a car for like three months, and none of them were his, and every two weeks it changed. Yeah. yeah. So what 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 does Tom drive? What's his current press car? That's exactly. what he drives. Exactly, and you've probably seen the new Skoda video mm-hmm. where he says that he is actually getting in the GT86 here soon. Yes. Oh, I, so I didn't great. tell you this. I forget which one is first. But he's getting in. A, he's getting in a 911 GTS, the 991.2 GTS, and he's getting in a Massive Toyota 86. And jealousy. I forget which one he has booked first, but <laughs> the the second of those two press cars is meeting him meeting him at the drop off place for the first. That's when you know you figured it out. That's, well done, Tom. Yes, uh, he he made it work for him. Well done, sir. <laughs> oh man, let's uh, let's jump to some more here. I've been. Cruising around, looking at uh, looking at a few things. Um, what should we look for in a school? A high performance driving school. As a matter of fact, we got asked for a few places on uh, Instagram mm. and Facebook here. Well, all the above. You list uh, Edmund here is asking the question: What should we look for? Cost, seat time, car availability. All those are very good. I'm thinking about uh, tiered structures. Most car uh, Schools do have a, a tiered, you know, one day, two day, three day. Some of even go to the four day mm-hmm, full mm-hmm. driving you can experience. Even do licensing schools, yeah. You and I have talked about open wheel racing, mm-hmm. and you know, we look at various schools that have different kinds of car. Bondurant, I think, is all vets now uh, in uh, in no, Phoenix. They, no, they've gone. Bondurant has gone uh, uh, Hellcats. Remember, they went all Dodge. Oh, that's right. That's right. They yeah. were Corvettes for a while, and then, and then vets are the school there in uh, Pahrump. Is vets the the local school right. here is all is all Ford. They're doing, you know how many schools are doing right now? They're doing the uh, Fiesta Octane thing we did. They're doing the Mustang GT thing that we did. They're doing the Focus RS school that we haven't done. Hint 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 hint. hint They're hint. also doing the Mustang GT 350R experience. And if there is an owner thing for the new Mustang, pardon me, the new Ford Big Boy GT, they will probably get that one as well. Unbelievable. But well, they're running all these schools, <laughs> which which brings comes back to this question. I would actually say 
is there a, a mark of cars or a kind of car you want to drive? That could be a consideration, but I submit to you, look at the driving school over the car. Okay, because fair I enough, think fair I think you're going to get similar experiences most places. And from an instruction standpoint, you're yeah. saying from a you know just basics and just car the, control if that you've kind of thing. Never done this. Yeah. Whatever car you're in, you're probably going to realize is more capable than you ever imagined. So I think if it's your first school, it's kind of car non-biased. Unless you have a specific car you either own or want to own, and that's going to be the best way possible to really hoon it and know what it's like. But if you're just wanting to learn car control, anything they put you in is going to be great for that, if it's a mm -hmm. really ground level. Mm -hmm. No, I, I like that too. I mean, cars do play a part, you know, if there's a particular mark that you Absolutely. are curious about. Oh, absolutely. You know, the Fords, because we've talked about Ford has the breadth from the Fiestas to the GT. Yes. What are you looking for? Yes. We got you covered. I'm <laughs> just, yeah, so that that is a, a great point, though. So all of those things, uh, I think, is a great thing to look at. And, uh, yeah, you know, cost is a big factor. We agree. That that oh, always plays so. a no, big part so. into that. That's, that's going to be a deciding factor for yeah. pretty much any school you wind up at. Yeah, unless you buy the car and then they... You and know, they give you a school. Yeah, there, there's school. A, like Ford. There's does. always that category. You could just go buy a. You have to buy a brand new, brand new Fiesta ST or any of the other cars we're listing, and they will throw in a school. But you did have to buy an entire car to get yourself. <laughs> oh there. yes, you had to buy the product actually. Uh, all right, what else is on your list here? Uh, we've got a. Um, let's see. Oh, Cole is asking a question. I have to at least touch on because I think you and I probably disagree on this. What are our thoughts on the blacked out wheels look? Oh, yes. And honestly, mm. Cole, I really don't like it. I, I really personally yeah. don't like it. But I, I have to explain the why because I know it's popular. I just I, – I think wheels are – this is the bad way to put it, but wheels are the jewelry of a car. Yeah. When oh, yeah. they're done right, a, a set of wheels can completely transform a car. I just recently, like two weeks ago – put my uh, inkies, my nice summer rims back on my FRS. Right, right. And now I'm like re-in love with the car again because I don't I'm like so the stock wheels. That. But I like just it's the so way it glad. looks on those wheels. Now, granted, I have the bright orange ridiculous teenager's car on bright silver <laughs> wheels. They aren't chrome, by the way. I'm not a chrome guy, but they are the bright silver wheels. I think if you have a bright color car, it needs silver wheels. I feel like the black wheels mute it. Hmm. The only exception for me for black wheels, because we all know I don't like silver cars, but I think silver cars work with black wheels because the car itself otherwise is too close to the color of its own wheels. Contrast, you're saying? Yeah, just simple exactly. contrast? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the uh, the new 911 GTS has black wheels, the center lock black wheels, and I have to admit I do like them on there. But Wait, you I, like it, you like them I, on a Porsche I, product? That's weird. Dude, that's that is weird. I know. That's not like me. I gravitate more towards the charcoal finish, though. You know, a dark sure, sure, sure. charcoal black has been around a, a long time now. I mean, yeah, we've seen it in just about every iteration at this point. And I I see something new and different, and then I realize, well, it doesn't have black wheels. It's I can see the wheel designs, and mm -hmm. parts of them aren't blacked out. Well, what do you know? Yeah, or, yeah. That actually looks good. It looks well, that, refreshing. That brings up a very good point. When you have a black wheel, it's really hard to tell if the wheel design's any good. Right, right. It, you could yeah. just have a simple thing, simple design. It looks okay, but then a more complex design, it's going to be difficult to clean, even though it's black wheels and you don't need to clean them as much. But still, yeah, yeah. you can't see the design for mm -hmm. what it is. That's, that's good. So that's good. I'm, I haven't I'm, thought about it in those terms. Of course, you thought about it that way, which is excellent. Yeah, more towards... Uh, the charcoal side. Anyway, Tyler F. is writing to me about why does he hate the 6 Series Coupe 
<laughs> but he likes the six series sedan. And he says, I think it's because the coupe's lack of doors make it look unfinished. And I want to touch on that question. And then another question from Max asking me about another styling question here. I, I love both these questions, guys. On the six series, I believe it's because of the long roof line. And hmm. you like it. Yes. Okay. The okay. lack of doors br doesn't break up that long distance. Think about the long, beautiful slope You're of the right. roof line. There's a huge roof on that. If it's just a single door, it looks as if there's just there's some unfinished business about the car. Whereas small huh. two-door coupes, it, it takes up the entire cabin. It really works. Even the Mercedes GT. Think yeah. about that car. Long nose, yeah, yeah, yeah. beautiful huge. styling. But the proportions don't look off because the greenhouse is broken up by just the cabin space, just the two yeah. doors. Yeah. Whereas... Yeah, that long coupe shape. That's why, you know, long S-Class, the S-Class coupe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it Awesome car, but is it sporty? Is it luxurious? What is it trying to be? Interesting. Okay, and I so, see that assessment. Yes, yeah, I, I okay. think you're touching okay. on it here, Tyler. But that long roof line and then creating the door shapes and breaking up that section so your eye, because mm. our eyes need to relate to shapes. Even in sci-fi films, look at stuff in the film and you'll see familiar shapes that you can relate to. Same thing here. Hmm, so you want okay. your, your eye wants something you can relate to. And if you have that long, unbroken thing, you're thinking, okay, what are we trying to do here? Is this interesting? You're trying to categorize it, and you're stuck in the middle. Yeah. I see that. I love that response. It's yeah. Great. So Max asks uh, another question here about a front-wheel drive transverse engine car styled to look like the rear-wheel drive longitudinal mm -hmm. <laughs> hashtag mm -hmm. dishonest sheet metal. I, I agree. Yes, it does, and uh, it depends on the design brief of the car. The S2000 is a beautiful example of the longitudinal classic. Your car, the GT86, yeah. Yeah, yeah. really works. It's a classic proportion, but you're right. When uh, when the transverse engine car is trying to, it's to a front be wheel somebody, drive, it's not. It looks like a rear-wheel drive. You know, I can think of two right now that are out right now. One is the current Maxima, uh -huh. and the other even though we talk it up and love it, the current Mazda 6, that car looks like it should be rear-wheel drive. It kind of does. You're right. It's beautiful, and we really like it. You're but right. that car looks like, oh, it's a rear-wheel. No, it's not. No, it's, it's not. not. Yeah. Well, then, Max, they get to save on money and on build cost because all of that stuff that is necessary to be engineered mm -hmm. is right at the front of the car. That's yeah. why front-wheel drive yeah, yeah, cars yeah. are so much less expensive because all the HVAC, the firewall, the suspension, the engine is all right there. <laughs> the back wheels just hold the car the off the ground. The back wheels keep it from scraping along the do. ground. That, you're right. That's I mean, great, yes, there's suspension great. and tuning and all that stuff. But, but you're right. They just hold the back end of the car. You think, if I chopped it in <laughs> half and did the Chevy Chase thing from European vacation, or, or could I James Bond before that. Exactly. Correct, yeah. correct. I love yeah. that. So, yes, proportion is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're touching on is the interaction between the marketing and accounting design de uh, departments yeah, versus yeah. the design department. The designers are car people. They want it to look beautiful and amazing. Yeah, yeah. And then they're saddled with... You know what? By the way. We're going to make it over here on this production line, so it's got to be front-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're kidding me. All right. So little styling oh, yeah. tricks. What are our, what are our problems? Yeah. How do we solve it? That's good. That's yep. good. Uh, Dammy asked a question uh, I wanted to answer real quick. He said, have we driven all of our bucket list cars? And if not, what's left? <laughs> Dammy, what's great is that stuff keeps getting added. It's ongoing. And it keeps getting added at lots of price points. That's what yeah. I really like yeah. about it. It's not yeah. just like the, the exotics keep, keep being added. One that remains on the top of my personal list, though, is I want to drive a Wyra. 
I so want to drive a Y right. That's great. And I'm going. And I'm going in honestly, not expecting it to be the most dynamically awesome car ever. I just that's an experience I want to have. Mm. That is the only thing for me personally close to the Countach category of. I don't really care what the result is. I just want to say I did it. Mm. The Countach was that for me. And I just loved that, even though there were many flaws. I loved it because it was, I'm finally getting to have this experience that I can walk away and say, I drove a Countach and it was like this. Mm. That's what I want for the Pagani Waira. I just want to drive one to be able to say, I have driven that and here's what it's like. That's a great response. Yeah, Danny, I, I like this because it's always ongoing. And one of the questions that annoys all of us, Todd and I included, is, <laughs> oh, you like cars, huh? So what's your favorite car? What's your favorite car? And then yeah. when they <laughs> pry your fingers off their neck. <laughs> because we'll be, but, yeah. Stop asking me that question. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's ongoing. I'm up there with, uh, yeah, McLarens. I think a P1 is up there for me. I, I always come back to McLaren for the for the high-end stuff, I guess. But yeah. uh, I like your, your Waira. It's just that, that car is under my skin in a big, big way. That's so cool. It really is interesting. All right. Well, we've got uh, Jordan asking a question about the Viper. What features should the next Viper have <laughs> should Dodge resurrect it once again? I was going to say its first feature should be its existence. That would be the first feature. <laughs> it should <to> exist. <laughs> well, it's got a production line, the Mack Avenue Production Facility in Detroit. Uh, damn it. I liked your, <laughs> your comment here. A better marketing department, possibly, but that's <laughs> for Dodge. We're talking just the Viper here. Let's go back to the original recipe, but let's go back even further to the Cobra. Shelby Cobra. Mm -hmm. It was all about a light car mm -hmm. with a lot of power. It's a weight thing. It's yeah. a weight thing. Yeah. So let's stop going into this huge, heavy. I think that's why we've never really talked about them as much, because they just seem like a huge, heavy they hammer. Do, but I have to go there. I have to go there. The last Viper was an interesting success in styling because it looked enormous. Yeah. And it was technically shorter <laughs> than the 991-911. The current 911 is technically... I know you think I'm insane, but up. I, am, I am encouraging you to run to Google right now and check me. <laughs> the last Viper was technically shorter than the current 911. And if you, and if you saw them individually, you would think there's, it's simply not possible. When you see them together, you realize the Viper's a lot smaller than you thought. But I agree with your point because the the Cobra was what was it before? It was the well, the originally it was an AC. It was exactly, a, it was a British it was tiny, tiny, tiny. tiny when you see the first gens, you're shocked by how little they are. Oh, they're it's tiny. Like a V8 in that. I mean, then then right. you go, well, here's the flying Miata of today. It's that right. kind of thing. Right. It's like a Miata with the big V8 in it. That's the equivalent. Yeah. It would be really interesting, but that's not Dodge's. Dodge's whole lineup is huge car, huge engine. It would That's be interesting true. It doesn't subscribe. to do a Viper that was a little bit, okay, let's let's pare it down. Even though the last Viper wasn't even, it wasn't even as heavy as you think, but it just, the whole presence of that car is, I am enormous. And it would be interesting if they did something <laughs> that was more, I, I don't know, just, just tighter. That would be, of course, I'm the Lotus guy speaking, so who's shocked? <laughs> well, Jordan, technically, if we want to really slice the onion finely here. And we do. <laughs> The Viper is not a Dodge product. It's an SRT, okay. which was brought out to be a separate brand. The only car that SRT builds is the Viper, but it was designed. It was The first two generations were the Dodge, but then it went to SRT mm -hmm. with the, I guess, the, the bright horizon of 
hey, we're going to bring out more products under this SRT nomenclature. No, we're not. <laughs> Didn't no, happen. No, no, we're not. The Viper's all we got. So therefore, they could get away from the Dodge recipe of big, heavy, huge engine. They could theoretically distance themselves mm. and go okay. towards a okay. Lotus. Hey, let's go to a lighter weight power powertrain. Maybe it is electric. Maybe it's a hybrid. Something like that. But a lighter chassis, even smaller and get back to the original Cobra recipe that was where the Viper was hmm. birthed from. I see, I see, okay. By Bob Lutz back in the day. I see. I, I'm just thinking about going lighter for that car, because it okay. always struck me as heavy. I hate it when you bring up the, the 911 you don't, is bigger you don't than like, that car. You don't like I me going stats to, to your detriment no, there. I hate it. Stats against Porsche for once. That doesn't happen <laughs> yeah. often, but every now and then I've got a zinger. Yeah. <laughs> and, boy, you you dance on that, don't you? Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm thinking is... Um, is going that direction for the Viper should they bring it back, but they have a slight opportunity to categorize to, to really capitalize on the SRT yeah. brand and do something different that yeah. isn't another Hellcat engine in another product. Hellcat engine now with 900 horsepower. Hey. Next year, join us for 10 for 1,100. It's just, <sighs> yeah, that, that, we're headed that way. We're headed that it's way. Still, it's still a riot, though. It makes for funny videos. I'm sure it'll be great. I have one last one. Do you have any more? I think we've got so many. Well, let's let's go ahead and wrap it up with this. Okay. That, that's perfectly uh, fine. Adam, Adam Fox wrote in on Facebook and asked an, an interesting question. It could This could be four podcasts worth. I'm going to try to keep it really short. You said you and a friend want to create a, both a YouTube channel or maybe and or either a YouTube channel and a podcast or vice versa. You're not sure, but you share a hobby. You want to start a mm. podcast or YouTube channel based around that. And obviously, that's what Paul and I do. That's yeah. how we started. Yeah. So you're asking us kind of do's and don'ts recommendations. Here's the first, first thing I'm going to say to you, Adam. You're going to have to get really comfortable back and forth with that person. And if, it's, mm -hmm. if, you, if you haven't been on camera before, just start getting on camera. Get on camera just to do stuff that nobody's going to see, just so you can watch it and be self-critical and get comfortable with the camera is the other person in the room. That's part of it. That's if you're going to go yeah. on video. Yeah. If you're going to go on podcast, you're going to have to get to a place where, look, I'll be really honest. It's been weird the last couple of weeks to sit in a <laughs> podcast studio with Paul. I've had to kind of recalibrate my – and we've done this forever. Yeah, yeah. But just sitting across the table from each other has been weird. We've had to kind of get used to that dynamic again. So you have to get to where you ignore the mics. So, this is, so you've got to get to where you and your friend can do whatever you're doing and equipment is irrelevant. The equipment yeah, may as well not yeah. exist. That's the first point. Second point is give it a structure. Don't just go off and just whatever we're going to talk about will be funny because it, it can won't work. Be. It it can work with it some podcast. It can, it, but I it but depends I still on the subject matter though. Even if it's even if it's really tenuous, yeah. go. We're going to talk about these three or four categories for Nebulous. roughly this amount of time, just to kind of give you some fences. Because what happens sometimes is with no fences at all, you kind of go nowhere. Yeah, you can just so I would say kind of pick a vague yeah. direction and, yeah. and and be and we have to do this too and sometimes we're not good at it. Be willing to pivot and change. We realize the podcast is going this way or going that way. We should oh we should alter questions exist on the podcast because we listened to you guys and we went we should start taking questions. Yeah. So be willing to pivot yeah. and 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 go a different direction, but start in a direction. Give yourself some fences and some parameters and chase that. Great commentary, great advice, and it almost doesn't matter the subject matter at that no, point. No, it's if you not. wrap some structure around it, yeah. just like you all listening have seen Todd and I do with a podcast now. I love the questions. I think, to mm -hmm. be quite honest, mm -hmm. it's one of our favorite parts because yeah, they're yeah, off the cuff, yeah. they're instant. 
all of you are listening and waiting and watching on the social media. So when we drop questions, you know, hey, we're posting up for questions. It's fun, isn't it? You're right in there, which is awesome. And we read them as they trickle in, Yeah, which is yeah. a lot of fun before we podcast. And I think it's one of your favorite parts. Absolutely. Of course, we love it's the really debates. Fun. but It's also the place where we can most yeah. likely get ourselves in trouble because it doesn't have any research. We just go, yeah. here's what I think. And then we go, that wasn't right. Yeah, and and many people too. will correct us and, and send which us emails. Which is fine. Thank you, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much again. We we really continue to thank you because it's you that have built this podcast into what it is. Mm -hmm. It continues to grow to even – it's growing beyond our expectations at this yeah. point, which is pretty fun. And you guys rating and sharing it is the reason it's a top 10 automotive podcast. We encourage you so much. Thank you. We do read all those reviews. They are very helpful. People tell us how they found the podcast because of looking – Top 10 Automotive, looking and reading reviews. So if you haven't rated and reviewed, we'd love for you to do that. Thank you. One small piece of show business for the podcast for this week. Paul will not be with us for Friday's podcast. Thank you Chance will be sitting in. Yeah. We're yeah. going to talk about his Mustang project, which is really cool. and has got some progress. He's going to talk about that. We'll be doing questions with Chance. We'll be doing car debates with Chance. That'll be really cool. And, and I'll tease it again when we get there, this coming week, uh, week seven of our TV show is one of our favorites of the entire season. We're very excited about Mid-Ages and Mountains on TV, cut down. It's an interesting little uh, variant on that. That'll be really cool as well. Yeah, never been shown. So this is, this is pretty awesome. Well, guys, make it a great week. Thank you again for listening, for watching, and until next time, cheers. Cheers.